Act Five of The Witch Wife by Henry Spicer. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Five, Scene One The Justice Room, representing the trials of the supposed witches, A.D. sixteen thirty four. Before the judges, Geyer and Howlett, Hopkins, Stern, Clerks, Officers, etc. Allison Devise and others at the bar. The room lined with spectators of all ranks, among whom Needham is seated. Set them all forward. Allison Devise, Rachel and Margaret Pinder, Lillian Gray, tried and convict of witchcraft. Tried, my lord? Most tenderly, for tis a Christian land, and you inhuman, hellish, murderous... Sentence. Nay, I must speak. Oh, ye ungrateful crew, sit here ten hours. Your fate ten mortal hours hang in the balance. And after that, not tried, not tried. Proceed to sentence. So I will. But such ingratitude, you of all persons within this land, have the least cause to murmur, seeing what time and labour have been spent in taking your lives. Why, look around ye. What persons of your nature and condition have with so gentle and soft solemnity been graciously convicted? No, 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 all your lives long be... Um, Howlett, quickly. And that is to say, till you are hanged tomorrow. For the blood of many victims... Cows and horses. And other his majesty's subjects cries aloud. Give heaven due thanks. First that your horrible sins have been so soon cut short. Then that your end hath not been swift or sudden at a blow. But with the grave and gradual course of law. And lastly, tis your sweetest consolation that the full record of your devilish deeds is left behind as warning. You'll be hanged to-morrow. And tis time. Farewell, wise world, where every wrinkle on an old wise face is brand of felony. Hen keep your souls from taint of richer blood. My lords... Remove them. Prisoners withdraw. Set Cecile Howard to the bar. Needham, aside. Hold, patience. Death of my life, tis she. Starts up. Cecile is brought in, guarded, and placed before the bar. Officer, to Needham, who presses forward. Stand further back. Cork up your pity, friend, and hold your tongue. This trial is for life or death. Good fellow, are all this crowd or I grown lunatic? Your luck was something wild. Come, set ye down. At least be mad like a gentleman. Hush, hush. Silence behind there. Ladies, I can't stop your padding, but by cracking the man's head that's nearest to you. 
Come, proceed. Hopkins coming forward. My lords. A moment, sir. Why stands she thus alone? Have you no counsel, prisoner? Three, sir, but they're of strange speech, and in this court will scarcely stead me, I fear. How do you call them? Truth, reason, and innocence. Add another, justice, for you shall have it to the full. It seems you don't mean to keep faith, sir, or what doth this ruffian here? Turning on Hopkins, Hopkins aside to her. That shall you know anon. Your wisdom, grave and learned justices, lopping the infected branches, hath left bare this trunk and root of the mischief. Even to a source so bright we track the thick, envenomed flood that taints our neighboring world. I see you gaze as doubting even the devil's power to gain mastery of such fair province, whose good hap angels might sentinel. But I, my lords, alas, see deeper. All the garden wearing the stamp of Satan's hoof, her spirit's soil arid and cursed, her holy leaves stripped off, all glory gone. There stands before you here a lightning-withered Eden. Turn this way. Leave shuffling with your feet, and do your best to fix that wandering, guilty gaze on her of all this court that knows you, to revenge a just repulse. Hopkins, hurriedly. My lords, she'd speak before my charge be made. Lest that, the motive known, no man accord an ear to it, in the dells of Pendle Forest. Listen, only listen. She'll have you think I hid myself in a wood to court her, whisper love. Cecile, quickly. No, heaven forbid, love's empty name is yet too sacred for such foul association. Look how close sin lies to the door. I charged him not, yet something beyond his nature's impulse or control from his own lips forestalls me. Yes, my lords, in the twilight forest, this grave gentleman came on me unaware. It seems my face had the mishap to please him, for he paused, and, as a schoolboy skips aside to pluck some red-lipped daisy, would have gathered me. That honor I declined, and therewithal his lover's vows to more congenial oaths of vengeance changed, find promised action here. I pray your pardon, I have done. Henceforth void my name what poisoned drops they will. I have deserved no worse report than one who, in the motley tumult of this world, is jostled by a knave. Sits down. Poor soul, poor soul, what virulence. Tis just their way. Dick Stern, how strongly she's possessed. Ah! Gentlemen, by what strange license does this grey buffoon, this solemn ape, chatter and grin unchecked before our faces? Fie! Hopkins, furiously. A chit, a child. Not so young, neither, but she might have learned the world's ways better. That she eyes me thus askance, I can forgive. No culprit thinks the hangman in Apollo. What's the matter? Officer, de Geyre. Sir Gerald Mole, sir, claims admission. Cecile, starting up. Uncle, then all is well. Hopkins, aside. The devil. I thought I had that old bird safe, at least. Enter Sir Gerald, supported by attendants. No matter. All the wit he owned lies dead in that dull eye. He'll do our cause good. 
Dear Sir Gerald. Sir Gerald, not heeding. Cecile, where are you, darling? Why don't you come home? You are the center whence my circling life is drawn, and lost, all's crooked. There's no circle without a center, love. Oh, gracious heaven! I'm very old these three days, and I sit alone with dry eyes moping. It is hard that old age cannot weep, but must cage up its burning woes within the heart's dry veins, till time quench life and all. Sir Gerald. All so dismal yonder. Mistress Frill's heartbroken, and wears her rough awry. What's this they tell me of people to be hanged? Well, have you more to say, Sir Gerald? Oh, sir, this. I've learned mankind as well as Euclid, and I know that the worst angle science ever drew is made by the dangling criminal. Poor soul. He wanders. If you listen, sirs, he'll prose till midnight thus. The fault is mine, tis mine. I cursed her. When they said she was a witch and swore, I know not what, I, I, alack, who deals in curses surely doth invade the armory of God. I'll make it clear. With a short, I forget. A sane man, sirs, but with a wit grown wildered, and a heart too heavy for its fleshy home. Oh, Cecile, my child, my flower, fair, gentle, graceful, mild, full of sweet charities. I should know, I think, for she was seldom from me. Mistress Frill! Where's Mistress Frill? Turning, sees Hopkins. Oh, treacherous, smiling villain! Had you no means to work what you call justice, but you must use the old man's trusting hand to slay his darling? Cecile, eagerly. Uncle! Dear, kind uncle! Sir Gerald, struggling. Let me go to her! Back, I say! What, fellow? I'll brain you with my crutch! I'll... Oh, I am weak. I want you, Cecile. Falls back into the attendant's arms. Hopkins, eagerly. Sirs, my lords. Aside. Pale fools, they sit aghast. In the king's name, my lords. The king's belied. What rascal's that? Look to it. Who spoke? My lords, I did not notice. Sirs, let's come to business. Yield not your grave ears captive to dotish wailings, nor regard this fair illusion. Crush the devil even in his gorgeous palace. Let the golden walls crumble in fires of earth that the poor soul once to a holier kingdom consecrate, be purified and saved. Think where tis writ, no witch shall live. Howlett, nervously. Yes, as you say, let's to it. There's no defense, I think. So, Master Hopkins... You must recount once more this dismal tale, and twill suffice. I cannot hold. Starts up. My lords. Cecile, shrieking. Oh, heaven! Hopkins, angrily. What nonsense next? Oh, sir, tis you. Here is a second gentleman to be soothed, ere the king's work proceed. Sits down sulkily. Geyer, to Needham. Be silent! Usher, look to that person! But the prisoner needs counsel, my lords. Have you a right to plead, sir? I cannot claim it. Still... Geyer, loudly. Out of the court! Be gone, sir! Noise at the door. Gab enters, forcing his way through all, and places a packet in Needham's hand. Needham, aside to him. You have saved her. At the least I pray your merciful and learned lordships read my petition. 
Geyer, rejecting it. Fellow! Hangman, down! Geyer starts up in a fury. You insolent clown! Here, Marshal! Beadles! Whip this rascal forth! Needham, pushing them back. Not yet, sirs. Stand aside. I'll take that seat a moment. Walks up to the bench and places himself in the center. It would seem there's room for justice. Sirs, I am Richard Bromley, new Lord Chief Justice of the Common Pleas. Here's the King's signet. Here's the warrant from his gracious hand that trembled as he wrote, with kingly passion for his subjects slain by blind and brutish ignorance. Or what's worse, witness suborned. My lords, although my power extends not to unravel this foul web of sophistry and slander, miscalled trial, I'll cut the sting out. Bring all those condemned back to the court. Sits. Allison and prisoners brought in. Poor creatures, you are free. Pity and gifts for all, and chiefly those by your vile means convict. To Hopkins. Hopkins, aside to Stern. A change of wind. That always brings a gale. Just wait the lull I've not done yet with her. This court dissolved. Never again to test on ground so frail issues of life and death. Mark, gentlemen, already in these fair and tranquil scenes where, if at all, mercy and truth should reign, there is a more enlightened spirit born. Foster it, and farewell. All rise. He descends. Enter a marshal hastily. Alarm. May it please your lordships to pause some space, until your javelin guard have well dispersed a somewhat angry crowd now thronging the court precincts. What's their object? Revenge, my lord, upon the witnesses. They say the poor man's blood hath swelled the purse of Hopkins and his band, that these are true, and he's himself the wizard. So doth crime fashion its proper scourge. To Hopkins. Get you within till night, then rid us of your presence. Psha! Open the doors. Come, Richard. Stern, drawing. Ready. Cecile, eagerly. Stay, stay, Master Hopkins. Let your last act be a gloss to its base precedent. Some rude minds may yet retain the poison your bold lie, and my own folly placed there. Take away this hideous stigma, and all wrong beside I'll freely pardon you. Hopkins turns at the door. Good. That's my duty. Advancing. I'm glad you stopped me, madam. I had gone else, leaving the fancies of yon fickle crowd to goddess you. If ever, as is writ in terms that none dare question, our fallen nature took service with the fiend. Behold, for here stands one who for three years hath practiced charms, filters, and all the deadly art of hell. Yea, how much longer she and the devil know best, with whom she made her covenant. Record this in your souls, and wait heaven's vengeance. Stay. Who's for a merry wager? Come, I'll bet that ere three months, Sir Richard Bromley, Lord Chief Justice, weds a witch. A legion imps dance at the nuptials, and the fiend himself be bridesman. There's my blessing. Striding towards the door, need him to constables. Go with him. See him beyond their fury. Alarm. Hopkins, furiously. To the devil. Show me the man dare lay his finger on me. Come, Richard. Back, thou witch. He rushes out, stern following. Loud alarm as the doors open. Let him be gone. To the rest. Withdraw a little, but don't quit us. Something whispers a sequel here. Life of my heart. 
but for that impulse unmistakable, wherewith thy presence thrills me, this might pass the pageant of a dream. Speak to me, Cecile. You love me still. From the heart centre to the utmost born of sense. Cecile, glancing at the spectators. They look on me with doubt, and yet you love. What's that to me? I'd clasp this lily hand where it's stained with gore. Slack not the grip for any frowns of earth. And if I have no power to clear thy name, I'll even love thee more. I thank you, Marchmount. Now hear my answer. For your sake, this hand shall wear its maiden honors to the grave, knowing no other lord. But I'll not link with thine my soul, curse-laden. Little know you how deep and clinging are the stains imparted even by a villain's hand. Needham, eagerly. You will not? Cecile, pointing to Sir Gerald. Look at that old man. He loves me as his being, yet he's bewildered with an aching sense of wrong. And if there be a leaning, tis to think me guilty. Tis impossible. Be that the test? It shall. They approach him. Dear uncle, here's an old friend come to greet us. Sir Gerald, bewilderedly. She of Endor drew spirits earthward, and among them one more than she dreamed of. Who shall trifle with the powers of darkness? Let's to thought and prayer, for Master Hopkins is a pious man, and he has sworn to it. Cecile, calmly. Are you satisfied? Needham, forgive me, for the thing you loved is no more Cecile. Since we parted, ages have swept above me with their wintry wings and blighted all my youth. The dream has closed, as such dreams will, in darkness, and tis time you left me. Go, there lies your world, and here, my sorrow's grave. Turns away. Alarm within. Voice within. Open the doors, quick, quick! The doors are thrown open, and Hopkins, disordered and bloody, is borne in. Many follow, kept back by guards. What wretched thing is that? My witness! Hopkins, hoarsely. Water! You've had enough, I think. Gives water. My lords. Stand by, good fellow. Let me tell it. You shall sit and drone and mope by many a Christmas fire when my pipes stopped. Raising himself. You told me true, Sir Richard. I found the county up and bellowing. Death to the witch-informer. What the deuce? We could not fight the parish. Awkward clowns, they don't know how to duck a man, and yet the pains I took to teach. I think I broke one fellow's head. You did. I'm sorry now, but never mind him. Now what's more to the purpose? Take all your eyes from me and nail them there. There, on that peerless piece of maidenhood, praise, pity, love her. She's no more a witch than I'm an angel. She falls in Needham's arms. Erat demonstratum, in God's good time, tis done. Hopkins, lifting himself with difficulty. Don't blind me. Ah, tis the world that loses light. Help me, I reel and stagger through the gloom. But there's a speck cresting the darkening waves. Young lovely one, give the old sinner pardon, and dismiss his gray hairs peacefully. Cecile, eagerly. Think not on me, nor man's forgiveness, but that yours. To the attendants. Good friends, look to his hurts, I pray you. The more guilt, the longer respite's needed. 
Tis too late. He's gone. Remove the couch. One friend, sweet Cecile, awaits your kind remembrance, and full well. Indeed, he merits it. Showing Gab, Cecile, giving her hand. Dear Master Gab, take all that's left me to bestow. Warm thanks and earnest friendship. Are you happy? Hush, don't speak. I'm answered. All is well. It is, and thanks to heaven it shall be. For as now these curtains close upon each varied show of mimic mirth or anguish, even so hath growing reason spread her vial between knowledge that is and weakness that has been. From heart to heart, on wings of mercy, flies a free and brother spirit, and supplies, for sorcery, sense, malice, the will to please, for filters, wit, spells, smiles, and witches, these. Curtain Falls End of Act 5 End of The Witch Wife by Henry Spicer